Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week we travel to Lithuania. Hello, yes, welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. Hello. Hello. How are we? Welcome to the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the song that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. And at the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites and at our live event, fingers crossed, at our live event, uh, <laughs> we'll crown the winner of the second cherry song contest. So, Monty. Yay, how are you? We're, 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 we're plugging along, aren't we? We're doing, Indeed. what is this now, the third episode? The third of episode the... of this series. We are sweltering. It is the hottest day of the year. We are absolutely melting today. But we are still here bringing you some second cherry magic in the podcast. <laughs> and we've heard as well that, you know, things are going to start getting back to... Well, not normal. A new kind of normal. Pubs are going to be open. Limited in what they're going to be able to do. But who knows, by the time October or November comes around, then we might well be back able to bring you a live final in our beloved RVT. Hopefully. Oh, I don't want to tempt fate, but <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. But more so, on that later. We don't really... We've, by the way, we've not made any... There's been no discussions. There's been no arrangements. We don't even know whether we're back at RVT. We don't know anything yet, but we we have plans and we hope to bring yeah. a similar level of equality <laughs> <laughs> to the live show this year that we did last year. So, we're on to Lithuania. Now, there's a lot for us to say on Lithuania, so I'm going to get cracking on yeah. this. There, it was a cracking national final. Over six heats, so, you know, you need some stamina. Uh, it's one more night than San Remo, even. <laughs> but not as long as it has been previously, right? Absolutely. It's been about 75 weeks before. It started, like, three years before the songs could be performed. Um, selecting artists and then bringing songs in at the end. So, actually, you know, six episodes was quite condensed, really, in a way, this year. So, he's had three heats, two semi-finals, and then a grand final on the 15th of February. And that final was quite special for us at the podcast mm. because Matt where did you go on the 15th of February I went to Kaunas I Ooh. went to see it <laughs> uh, not even the capital as well. well well some people might say but then nothing about that um, it, it's uh, yeah it was really really a, a place that I would never go to normally maybe I would end up at Vilnius but not Kaunas so I was really really excited to be there Fantastic. I would have loved to have gone, I think. Had I known how things were going to turn out a month from then, I would have just went, sod it, I'm going to come with you and pay my way. But I, I thought we were going to need all our pennies for, for Rotterdam, yeah. but that didn't turn out to be. So what happened while you were there? Yeah, so um, we were invited and we uh, spoke to the artists. We were at the rehearsals, so we saw a bit of that. Which was really interesting because when you go to places like this, it's not like, say, I don't know, in a country like Sweden, an SVT, their Melfest, or say like the BBC, if we had a show like that. The, the, the LRT and in, in a place like Lithuania, it's a little bit more open and a little bit more you can see 
everybody going about their business, you know, on the on the floor during rehearsals, and people a lot more open to talk to you about what they're doing, and and so you kind of have a better experience and you learn a lot more so I was incredibly lucky because I was allowed in the stadium during rehearsals and sat behind the control desk so all the artists went on stage they sang did a couple of run-throughs and they came back to the control desk with the producer and was then looking at how we can change this we need to change oh well this needs to go higher but you know all that stuff back onto the stage and then trying it again. And you saw those conversations. I mean, I mean they were mostly in Lithuanian, but, but, um, but it was really interesting. And, and actually, I, I want my name on the credits for the show, and I'm going to push for this until my dying day, because on one of the songs, uh, which we'll... Actually, we'll talk about that when we get to it, actually. We'll, when, we talk, when we get to that song, I'll tell you why I should have my name on the credits. And that's not the only reason you should have your name in the credits, though, is it? Oh, yes. Because the National Final rebranded itself this year, and it came up with a new name. The name was, pardon my Lithuanian, but Pabandam Ishnaya, which means, let's try again. And I think it embodies that sort of Lithuanian plucky spirit of, you know, they've, they've hammered away at this for a good... 20 plus years now 25 years and they've never had a great 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 result so it's got that kind of spirit of just pick yourself up dust yourself off and let's just let's have another try at it let's, it's, let's it's, have another go exactly it's a great idea and i think it, it stems from the fact that obviously that comes from a song which was written or performed by one of the guys who represented Lithuania? Is it LT United? Mm-hmm. We are the winners of Eurovision. That song is that mm-hmm. my right? Thinking? Yes. Um, and so it's a song that everyone in Lithuania knows, and so it's a lyric from there. So Audrius, the the producer and the head of delegation for Lithuania, contacted me and said, "We're thinking of doing this. the in, The English translation is let's try again, but we want it's that's not very I don't know sexy. You know, let's try again." Um, what do you think an English alternative would be? And because knowing that Lithuanians are big on basketball, you, my mind went to like sport. I thought, well, in sport, you say, you know, if you have a loss one week and then you, you have to go again the next week, it's like, we go again. Like, so it should be like, we go again. That's the kind of right vibe, I think. And so, yeah, that, that, and then thought nothing of it. So, yeah, I knew nothing about that, that until they said, yeah, that's what we've gone with. We've gone with We Go Again. I was like, okay, great. It's, so the literal translation is, let's try again. And then the the international branding is We Go Again. However, as I said at the time when I was asked, I was like, no one's going to call it that. We're just going to call it the actual name and just mispronounce the name. That's what we do as <laughs> European fans. But, um, this, that, are you looking at anybody in particular? Well, well me, for sure. No, actually, I think you got it right, actually. I'm glad you said it. Um, so, look, you know, it's great to sort of have those conversations and see the inner work and why people are making decisions like they are. Mm. So w- when I was there, I actually done lots of different stuff for us, but also for ESC Extra. So I'm, I spoke to Audrius, the head of delegation, and this is a bit of a snippet from the interview. So to the national final, the new national final, and it is very new, I've been asking around and I've spoken to fans, I've spoken to other journalists and I've mm-hmm. spoken to delegation, uh, people who from other countries' delegations, yeah. and they've all said to me, what is going on in Lithuania? Because they have upped their game. It feels like there's a lot more noise about the national final. Why do you think that is? What have, what's changed? 
There's a lot of reasons. Uh, there are some reasons and main reasons. Uh, first of all, some changes happened in the company itself, in the management. Uh, so the attitude inside the company changed to the, the, to the project as it is. And uh, we have much more, much more serious attitude to it. And uh, we created such a, how do you say, working group. It's not the one person's headache like it was for me for a few years. And now we have a group and, and we discuss all the matters. We, we are looking for the ways. And uh, as you hear, we, we made a kind of rebranding. Mm -hmm. It has its own the, the backstory. And uh, we made it a little bit shorter. We made a meeting with uh, all music producers and managers and artists who wanted to come. We, we made an open call and said, come on, let's sit, let's talk. What do you expect from us? What do you like? What do you don't like? We made some changes in the, in the format. They're not very big and we've been talking about them for a while, but finally we turned them to reality. And uh, suddenly they are here. The artists whom we, we never expected to come to Eurovision National Selection, they are here, they are with us, and we're happy about that. We have strong songs competing in the final, and looking forward to whom we will get. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, that, that final uh, tomorrow, because we're recording this on the Friday, yeah. uh, that is going to be an interesting final, we already said about that. Um, I think... Talking about national finals, I think fans, people follow other countries' national finals because yeah. they, like they like to experience new music, new artists, and, um, and also they, they like the... Every national final has its own local and national flavour to it. Um, so the previous version of uh, the show, uh, Yuri Vyosotranka, was the, it was the most watched TV programme yeah. in Lithuania. Yeah, it was. And so... My question there is, what does it mean then to the local people? What does it mean to Lithuanians, uh, a show like this, and the music industry in which it kind of represents? It has a very special meaning when, because it's Eurovision. Uh, you know, there are two religions in Lithuania, basketball and Eurovision. And both those religions have good side and bad side. They love you and they hate you very much. So as almost everyone in Lithuania knows how to play the basketball and they blame the basketball players that they play bad. So almost everyone in Lithuania knows how to make Eurovision and they blame us that we picked the wrong songs, that we picked the wrong artists, that we created the, the wrong format of, of, of the selection and still they watch. And still they watch, they comment the songs, they comment the show. They comment performances. They they fight among themselves on internet uh, who is the best artist and which song should go. So it's love and hate game on this at the same time, and it's always it's 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 never ending story. It's really nice to get a bit of insight into a country's thinking at the point where they are very consciously moving their national selection forward. They're drawing a line, I think, under some of the, the, the way that they've done this in the past, and they've really upped the game. And I think you could tell there was a lot of positive noise 
about Lithuania in the selection season this year. Lots of people seem to be watching it for the first time and really paying attention all the way through. And I think it it, it paid dividends. It, you know, there was a really rewarding watch in this. Um, some of it was completely batshit crazy. Thank God. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that was the thing. When we look back at Lithuania last year for the podcast, it was just that realisation of how much batshit craziness there was in it. So I was determined to watch it this year to see all this it unfolded. And I was absolutely not disappointed at all. So it was really, really good. But it was won by the Roop. On fire. On fire, that's it. I was just... <laughs> that's how much effort it had, so much of an impression it's made on me. I have to say, lots of people love this. Lots of people tip this even possibly to win. I didn't. It got right on my tits, to be honest. I can't bear it. I find it really annoying. I find the dance routine really annoying. But lots and lots and lots of people absolutely took this to heart. So I think locally it was number one, the dance. It just it caught on fire, literally, over there. And I think that's kind of what pushed it over the line a bit, which because I was quite surprised it won its vote so heavily. It was a massive score in the final. It was like over three times as many as um, the next place song got. It was, you know, huge, huge margin in the final. Well, let's have a, a little listen to it and hopefully for me this might be the last time I ever have to. The world is my desire. I feel that I'm on fire. The root there with on fire. I may be being a little bit harsh about that, but it just didn't. It didn't click with me. It didn't set me ablaze. So let's have a listen to the songs that we've chosen to highlight for you from the Lithuanian selection. So we're going to kick off with someone we know, Second Cherry, and that is Monica Maria with If I Leave. Now, we caught up, or you caught up with Monica Maria, and just before we hear her song, let's have a listen to what she had to say about it. Um, it came to me in a very weird way. I was telling the story to journalists in Lithuania as well. I was laying in a bath. I, I did not expect to write a song at that point at all. But um, this idea just came to me like sort of a melody idea together mixed up with, a, with the lyrics. And I started writing a song about it. I didn't really understand what the song is going to be about. I just heard the lyrics. But then when I put the pieces together, I understood that it had a very, uh, very personal meaning to me. Uh, it was sort of about a love story. But now I understand that the love story is not about a personal relationship. It's about my relationship with people who saved me. And sort of when I when I reached like my my deepest bottom, they were the people to bring me out, not the love that I had in my personal life, but the love that I had out here.
So that's Monica Maria. She's our cherry from last year. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely familiar to us. I really like this. I don't think it's as good as her entry last year. Well, she actually had two last year. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so more of that. I like this. It's. I don't think it's as good, but I think it's got a kind of a nice, kind of sort of mid-tempo American country feel to it. It's the kind of thing you might imagine somebody like Shania Twain doing as a kind of mid-tempo ballad. And her voice, there's something effortlessly smooth about her voice. I think it takes a little bit to get going in this. But once it does, it's got a kind of really nice sweeping, soaring quality to her voice. Um, And she just feels like a kind of effortless performer. She does feel like she's the kind of artist that is going to keep plugging away and plugging away and will one day get to Eurovision. I, I, I totally agree. Vocally, it's flawless. She's an incredible singer. We said this last year about her because her entry last year was a, not an easy song. She mm-hmm. nailed it and she nails this. Agreed. This is... This is understated, you know? Actually, she's quite understated. I think she's very pretty and she's quite outgoing, but, you know, when you, you heard her on, on in the... Uh, in the sound bit there but she's actually quite unassuming I sat next to her for like 10 minutes during rehearsals and didn't even realise I was sitting next to her (laughs) (laughs) but I have to say you're right this country vibe that makes sense because I think she was trying to break America so that's the sort of sound that I think she was trying to push over there so that makes a lot of sense actually yeah so very understated I think too understated to win a competition like this but it was such a strong entry. It's so warming. I that's the only kind of feeling I kind of get from it. Like it just makes me warm and like, yeah, you're a great song. I'm sort of vibing with it. But yeah, not necessarily a song I would vote for in a competition, which is a weird, it's a weird place to be actually. But, you know, it was always going to do well. It's her. And mm. um, I'm glad that I think she came equal fourth or third. She came third. Third, yeah. yeah. She came third. She had 6,570 televotes. Um, Monique, who we're going to talk about in a moment, had 15,962. And then The Root had 50,139. So actually a, a heck of a margin, um, even between second and third. But yeah, she did, she did okay. Yeah. The next song we're going to uh, play for you is a song called Player. And it's by Twosome. I'm a Lithuanian basketball player Come on, raise your hands and clap with me I'm a Lithuanian basketball player Put down your hands and dance, dance with I'm a Lithuanian basketball player Come on, raise your hands and clap with me I'm a Lithuanian basketball player Put down your hands and dance, dance with me so I have to say, when I saw the title written down, it's player, P-L-A-Y-A. So I thought it was player. So I thought it was going to be like the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and it does actually have a kind of summery vibe to it, the way it starts. It's got kind of a little jaunty um, little melody being played out on the keyboard. But it doesn't stick with the beach vibe. It goes somewhere else in time. So not that. <laughs> There's just something I don't know. It, it's a it's a comedy song. It's a you know it's a, it's a novelty song, but that line about I'm a Lithuanian basketball player it gets me every time. I mean, it's the kind of thing that you know 
You might be surprised that this doesn't annoy me whilst the Rube does. And I could understand that. But I don't know if there's something unexpected in the comedy of this. I just really, really took to it. Is it something in how earnest the Rube are? Whereas this knows exactly what it's doing. It knows it's batshit. It knows that it's novelty. But it's really hamming it up. Maybe. Do you think it's something like that? Maybe. I feel it's possibly got a bit more integrity about it in that sense. So I think the root was a bit up itself, if I'm completely honest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, it, I mean, this this is a, this got everyone talking, mm. right? This was the, the after that first heat or whatever, it, when, when it appeared, everyone was talking about this. And it, and even though I'm with you, I like it. I think it's a, I mean, this is why I love watching national finals for stuff like this. Mm. But I I would have been disappointed if it would have made it through the competition. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like there's that weird sort of rock and hard place. But it's an awful song. It is an awful song. But it is happy. <laughs> yeah. And you've got to laugh at. Okay, you've got to laugh at the man in yellow that runs on in the suit and then falls over and smashes his violin, or obviously <laughs> on, on purpose. Then the kind of weird bananas choreo because the, the choreography is like bouncing a ball and spinning a ball on a finger that isn't there he's just it's miming so it's kind of like a miming choreo but it works and then the ending which I think everybody will know if you will put a link in the show notes to all the songs by the way and you have a look because you'll see what we mean they, a man one of the singers actually has a painted basketball on his belly yeah which they then pretend to like bounce as if it's a basket. it's just crazy crazy and then he's got his nips and little like he's got little sort of black cross plasters on his nipples yeah I think that's probably for a watershed or something like that you can't show nips for modesty reasons <laughs> yeah, yeah. basketball tummy's fine nipples no yeah. absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it's a fun little song it did become not exactly a meme but there were lots of people kind of you know making reference to it on Twitter so it kind of it landed well this is the kind of song I'm going to do a little plug now this is the kind of song and in fact Lithuania is the kind of national selection that props up Eurovision Apocalypse, which is Roy Delaney's amazing blog, which picks up all of the bizarre um, at Eurovision. And I mean, you could take a dozen of these Lithuanian songs and write about them all, and Roy probably has. Well, there's not many people that watch every national final every minute of every national final or as much as you can as much as he does really like like yeah. we do we have to to make this podcast and he's exactly the same he watches everything and has a fantastic eye for the absurd yeah which it's just delightful the whole the whole website is an absolute delight if you haven't seen it Eurovision Apocalypse um, celebrating the yeah the absurd and the bizarre of Eurovision <laughs> and thank you Roy for bringing us that absolutely we salute you so our third song that we're going to bring to you is Unbreakable by Aster Pivelti. Sorry, that. Pilverlighter. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah. Now, you also caught up with her and she told us a little bit about this song. I did. I, I, I hope you can understand her English. It was a bit harsh, but I think, I think you can understand her. Um, and how did the song come to you? How did the song come about? If you know, it, uh, the song is uh, from Jisom, composer, very good know in Sweden. And um, one day I say that I want uh, that he write for me the song. 
And what's the message? And I go to the messenger and I, hi Thomas, how are you? I want good song and I want to win. <laughs> and um, he said, okay, no problem. And he sent uh, some songs uh, from library. And I don't say I don't like. If we can create new song, mm -hmm. and we did. Great. And what's the message of the song? It's about women, strong women, and um, uh, who um, give stronger for women, it's love. You know that love yeah. important in our life. So I stood there with Unbreakable. Um, now this is another Second Cherry alumni. Yes. Uh, she was our Second Cherry in 2010 with a, a staggering song called Melancholia. Um, absolutely beautiful, beautiful ballad. And so she's back in the selection again. I mean, she's somebody who's been in the selection quite a lot. She's not, um, she's not new to the Lithuanian selection. Um, this is a Jason song, Thomas Jason. So if you're a Melody Festival fan, you will know that. It's Pop and Schlager by Numbers. Um, I like it. I think it's a happy, joyful song. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a bit cliche. It's that kind of, you know, sort of singing about how strong you feel like you are and, you know, that kind of crap. But yeah, I quite like this. Yeah, you're right, Thomas Jason. She said in the soundbite there that how that came about, but... Not the most current song. Look, it's not the most no. current so sounding song, but it is catchy and she performs it really, really well. A funny little story. She, uh, I think, I think I'm allowed to say this. I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> I think she was a bit annoyed because there was no wind machine. So during rehearsals, they had like her manager was like crouching down, like on the front of the stage, holding up this massive fucking ring machine <laughs> and she's like you know performing to it and he's, he's like you can see his face like we should have sorted this out earlier you know <laughs> I think they got one for the final because you can see it, it's propped up on stage but yeah it's uh they would I think I think that's a bit of a drama over that this um, is the kind of song that you could not stage without a wind machine exactly I mean this has wind machine written through it like a stick of rock yeah this is very old school cherry as well this song I yeah. would say for sure and I I get it it's it's not current it's not but it's so good about it. It's catchy. And she performs it really well. I mean, you know what you're going to get with her. She's known on the circuit. She can sing anything. So good. Yeah, quite liked yeah. it. Great. So next song that we are going to hear is called Make Me Human by Monique. And here's what she had to say. Actually, that song was written for my third album. And it, it was not like specifically written for it. And we actually had to shorten it a little bit, like for like 20 seconds or something. Uh, and, but it didn't cut out any important uh, you know, messages because it was all um, the chorus. The chorus was double one, doubled. Uh, and uh, yeah, so when I stood to, next to the microphone to record the song, the thought of participating in Eurovision popped in my head and like, damn, what if it's 
the time, the song. And then I was too afraid kind of to tell to my team. And, but then they did say it to me. Like, I had a thought that a song from your third album could go to your vision. I'm like, make me human, is it? They're like, okay, that was, <laughs> that was some, you know, paranormal stuff. So yeah, that was like the story. don't think I've made any bones about it. This was one of my favourite songs of the whole national final season, for me personally. Um, for the reasons... She, she was one of the artists, when Audius in his soundbite told us that they tried to attract the bigger stars, this was one of the artists they were trying to get. She's massive in Lithuania. You know, she appears, she's a judge on their voice and stuff like that. It's a simple song. A very simple song and maybe too simple but it was staged the way in which I think it needed to be staged in order to get the best out of it I wanted more though from this broken robot feel but I think maybe trying to make her unpretty is not the way they would go they wanted her to make people very pretty but I think they should have broken her down and made her sort of like in pain and turmoil over not being human I would have gone I would have pushed it much further than they did um, I I can see why this didn't win but I personally was just very disappointed because it was by far my favourite song you weren't as much as a fan were you is that right if you remember rightly that's yeah that might be a bit of an understatement actually <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting I think the contrast of how we see and relate to different songs is always interesting because there's sometimes that we agree um, and sometimes that we differ hugely this just didn't cut the mustard for me at all i was a little bit surprised actually how much you liked it because it just it left me cold um i mean there's something in the theme of the song and something in the presentation of the song which i think is is intentionally quite cold because it's singing almost it's kind of I mean it's a metaphor for somebody who's you know being battered emotionally and is trying to sort of find the emotions that make them human again which is all very you know laudable but just didn't work for me at all this song yeah I mean it came second it was you know it was a distant second but mm. also you know a distant second ahead of the third place song as well as the distant second from the first place song but yeah no this just doesn't work for me yeah, at all i understand that so the fifth song is by gabby elias evangelis um i love this it's tava chia randu <laughs>
Tavachiarandu uh, translates as I find you here. And this is a song that if I relate to so much more than the last one, there's, there's just a gorgeous, gorgeous feel to this song. I listened to it, somebody flagged it in a WhatsApp group that I'm in, um, Sebastian, if you're listening. Um, and it really struck a chord with me. I really liked it on audio. And the, the music video for this is fantastic. It's almost as if, you know, people are falling under this kind of spell or this trance that um, he's creating. Um, and so having listened to it and having just warmed to it so much, it was a bit of a disappointment to see the performance of it. The performance is... He's a he's a tall, gangling, slightly awkward boy, painfully hipsterish. I mean, he'd like he'd he'd fit in exactly to the kind of sink the pink Shoreditch crowd completely. Yeah, and that's you know style wise, it's never been style, it's never been my forte. So you know, I've never I've never been that painfully cool. But yet his performance was a, just a little bit awkward. He started sat in the audience. Um, and sang the first, the first verse, sat down, and then he got up and moved to the stage. And then this, in his heat, he was wearing this kind of sort of, you know, shorts and blouse combination. Um, and in the, the semi-final, he changed to a sleeveless purple shirt. So it's quite arresting to look at, but I just don't think he had the charisma to pull off a, a performance, which was essentially just him on his own on stage. Which was a real disappointment because musically, this is the song of the selection for me. It's funny because this this started to get a lot of traction, I think, amongst international fans. I think, where did I hear people really wax and lyrical about it? Aussie Vision podcast, them boys loved it. Lots of stuff I saw online. I, I was so sure this guy was going to qualify. Maybe not win, maybe not, you know, be one of the top ones, but definitely was going to qualify and it's confusing and I think the reason why is like you say it's it just, maybe if it, if it I don't want to take away from him but maybe there's a different singer who had a bit more about them because vocally it was okay this song though it's it's so on vogue this 80s sound you know mm-hmm. you've got uh, The weekend and everybody's doing this sort of sound it, it's brilliant so it was it's and, and this can be done really clumsy 80s sound in the modern context can be very clumsy very like GCSE school project um, but this was done really well the looks that he gave were I think probably the most jarring for me that semi-final look where he looked like He-Man the teenage years <laughs> with that hair the little bobby do you know what I mean he, he, that yeah, homoerotic He-Man it's really weird I don't think that helped his cause and and I'm just a little bit surprised he didn't make it through still though and yeah I'm, I'm a bit gutted for this one too yeah, he made it through the heat and to the semi-final, but he actually came eighth out of nine in the semi-final. You know, and I'm very, very surprised at that. It's, I found it such a shame, actually, because I think this song, this song deserved a second chance. Yeah, will we be giving it to him tonight? <gasps> we'll find out soon. One more song to play you. Um, although we've got a few more just to to mention, the honourable mentions after this. Uh, so this is Kyra, and her song is called Alligator. And uh, you caught up with her and asked her about the staging of this. 
uh, about my staging? Well, I'm funky, I'm fun, I love colors. Uh, probably because for 12 years I had to be with this uh, school uniform, which was black. <laughs> so now I need colors in my life, yeah. And I think I'm a pretty positive person, or maybe at least I'm trying to be positive, you know. So, um, alligator is green, you know, so there are a lot of colors. I wanted a rainbow on the stage, and uh, this song, you know, it, it has this... Um, this thing it's uh, it's like it's funny it, it sounds fun but it's with a sad meaning a little bit so I love this contrast you know so I wanted a very colorful stage smiles on our faces you know but the song is sad so I love it I, oh God, I loved her. She was just so much fun and interesting. And she, what you didn't get from that soundbite is she actually started crying in front of me a little bit. She was like all over the place, but lovely, really nicely. Um, so this song hits the right register for me. It is, it is fresh, it's young, it's current, performed exactly the way it should be performed. That right amount of playfulness, that's what it is. The song is playful, but it's got that tinge of darkness to it. It, it's it's so understood. It's it's not like oh I'm really sad you know clunky. It's it's the lyrics just gives you that tinge of darkness which gives the song then a bit of depth right. I'm really excited to see her come back and she for sure will come back because it's this, she's got the same manager as Monica Maria and I feel like he oh, he pushes okay. his artists into this. He's also produces the voice over in Lithuania so he's got that whole connection in the same way that Audrey's dedication is they're kind of similar people so I if we don't see her back next year it'll be an absolute shame because she's if that's her first time it's her first time I think in the selection process I think so yes she's quite young bless her but um, great song hit the register perfectly and again I saw a lot of traction online from international fans she had she's got a bit of fandom going yeah, I love this. Absolutely love it. It's got that kind of quirky edge, but you're right, it does have that darkness. There's lyrics around, um, you know, I can be whatever you want, I can be your marionette. So there's this kind of sort of, there's this emotional malleability of her um, and how people allow themselves to mould onto what other people want them to be. But there's also just some really joyful moments in it, you know, some really... Playful is the absolutely right word. There's some really, really playful moments in it. And I like that in a song. It's not taking itself seriously. You know, it's not comic to the sense of being a completely novelty song. It's a genuine, genuine pop song with a bit of bit of a, a silly edge to it. And I just... I like that. I like silliness. And I like quirk. Um, yeah, I really, really loved it. Now, it's interesting on the performance because she actually gave three very different looks to the performance on all of the shows in her heat, her semi-final and the final. Which I um, love that about Lithuania because you get this little transcendence from, oh, well, now they've gone through, they can spend a little bit of money and now they've gone... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it really made for an interesting show last year in some of the songs where 
the presentation changed quite considerably um, from show to show. And I think that was the um, the same thing here. Really, really, really nice. It just it felt like the whole song and the presentation was evolving as the national final evolved. So you know my bid for credits on the national final. <laughs> this is so. What happened during rehearsals? Like, can I say this right? So we're watching the rehearsal now. If you look at the show notes, we've linked to the video to the national final. Look at, at some points in the song that pans back, and you can see the lyrics of the song are being played on the big screen in the backdrop, right? So I was obviously watching this during rehearsal and saw quite a lot of like, uh, there was a spelling mistake, the, the grammar was a bit all over, but it was a bit bad in, in places. Um, I thought nothing of it. Um, they started rehearsing again. I sort of leant over to Audrey. like, I didn't want to like, I didn't want to say anything when they're there because I don't, I'm just meant to be very quiet in the corner on nobody, right? And I said, oh, is that meant to be what's going to be on stage? He's like, yeah, what you're seeing is what's going to be. I was like, well, that, text needs to change he's like does it is it wrong he goes because that's that's what they supplied us and we've just put it on stage I'm like no he goes okay well you need you get to speak to her that's her producer you need to tell her and then she she was like oh my god oh you're right and as soon as she did it she's oh god we, we, we taught this stuff you know she was like a bit embarrassed I'm like no it's fine don't worry it's like i'm tuning in because i'm a writer and i know words and, and they're like oh thank god for that god that would have been so embarrassing i was like no it's fine it's good you know that's that's what rehearsals are for right so it was really nice like i got that and so i said oh just like well you know you can buy me a drink he said i'll buy you a drink for that i was like oh, oh just give me a name on the credits please. <laughs> <laughs> That didn't go down so well. I just got a drink out of it. But yeah. <laughs> You've got to be a bit pushy though, haven't you? But no, but do you know what? The funny thing is though, the at the after party, uh, the manager then came up to me and said, thanks for that, mate. You know, shook my hand and was like, oh, you know, so like, you know, these good things, pay it forward, you get it back. Maybe mm-hmm. he might, if I see him next year, if, if Kaya comes back next year, he might say hi and who knows, we might get an interview and, you know. Yeah, that's how it works, but yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, they are the six songs that we've chosen to discuss and to play for you. But before we get into telling you what the cherry is, I just want to have an honorary mention for some of these songs because there's some bizarre, beautiful weirdness going on in, in some of them. <laughs> you really have to have it have, check this out. So I want to uh, mention, um, first of all, a song called Made of Wax by Donata. Uh, now, Donata, not a great song, but her presentation um, involved some mannequins in quite dowdy, plain check shirts and red chinos. <laughs> and then suddenly <laughs> one of them comes alive. <laughs> she's he, he's a plastic boy a plastic joy <laughs> it's batshit and it's she's in batshit. she's in the most unflattering mauve dress oh, I think anybody's ever worn yeah it's really gotta say unfortunate it, it's not yeah could've, she could have styled better I think <laughs> but worth seeing one of those little joys that you you get from this I also want to mention Andy Viak singing why 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 Yes! Oh my god, I totally forgot about that song because, yeah, why? Because I quite liked this and then I went off it quite quickly, but. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good description, actually. Yeah, there's just. If you, I mean, if you like the nerdy boy that's singing, you know, you can't quite understand why he's there. I mean, this song and another song which was called. 
Electric Boy by an artist called A Broken Leg, all one word, A Broken Leg. <laughs> yeah. the, these kind of songs, you just kind of think, is there any filtering in Lithuania of what gets submitted to what gets presented on stage? Or do they just bug everybody in? Because <laughs> it felt like, how the hell did this get through the selection process? But it, it's quite nice. I mean, he's he's a bit self-deprecating. I, I, do, I do despair for his own esteem because he's singing songs like well I'm just a visitor but I'll soon be going away uh, and it's a little bit it's a little bit existential and I just feel I feel he's not very happy with himself no just want to give him a cuddle yeah because mm. he's quite you know I mean fair fair play to him for getting up there and trying on national TV with a niche international reach yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it wasn't um, it wasn't great um, I want to mention as well um, Somewhere Out There by Alan Chico. Now, you might remember we talked about Alan Chico last year in the in the podcast. And I think he's a really interesting artist. He is not afraid of a look and not afraid of, uh, you know, of, of inhabiting a sort of, I guess, a character who's singing the song. This was a bit disappointing, though, after last year. I really liked his song last year. Because um, when the songs come out, you get a list of them, you know, the ones yes. that get, and, and you sort of see, oh, they've returned, and oh, and me and you are both like, oh, great, this is, you know, he's got this queer aesthetic, this alien weirdness, like, yeah. yes, this is going to be really interesting. Hmm. Right. But it was, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> great. It was a dark ballad, um, kind of futuristic, but yeah, a little bit disappointing, but another one to watch, I think, because I think he's somebody that we will keep see coming back, because this is essentially one of the the best platforms for local talent now. Yeah, for sure. It's the you know, biggest show in Lithuania. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, uh, he's one worth looking out for. I want to mention a song called The Ocean by Victorious Munsk Miskunaite. Um, and this was, it's kind of sort of vaguely operatic. It reminded me a little bit of... <laughs> well, it was operatic, wasn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. Oh. The, the, but it wasn't purely operatic. Sorry, yes, you're right. Yeah, as yeah. Well. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I mean. She was wearing this sort of enormous dress that kind of sort of billowed out to the side of her. Um, and she literally was dressed as the ocean, <laughs> singing a song called The Ocean. She had sort of starfish ornamentation all across her bodice and various sea sprays. Uh, and I, it was, for me, it was, it was reminiscent of um, Frozen. Um, and it was reminiscent of The Little Mermaid. It had a kind of a feel yeah. of a sort of cross-section between those. That passed me by that song a bit, which is a shame because the staging was, I mean, that was a bit weird, but the staging was quite good. And her voice, I don't know, she was a bit shrill in places. I know that's what opera does, <laughs> but I think even by op- operatic singer standards, I feel like she she missed them the boat a little bit a couple of times on mm-hmm. some of those high notes it was a bit shrill and a bit warbly yeah the songs are that great but I just love that sort of you know inhabiting the song literally in your costume at <laughs> <laughs> like the ocean floor all across the decolletage how, how do you want to stage this and she's like oh, I want to be an ocean like, okay like, <laughs> shall we just shall we I want to be an ocean <laughs> uh, now, I want to mention a quite a tender song, actually. This is a, a song called Dad Don't Be Mad At Me. I mean, and the title, you know, perked me up to start with. But it's, so, it's an artist called Bernardis. And it's a, it's a very gentle ballad, but it's a, it's a sort of... It's an unusual song about 
have you been a disappointment to your father? Um, and he's singing. It's it, it's very much. It, it feels very much like a coming out song. And he's yeah, it does, discussing um, issues of masculinity in there, and he's you know he's looking to his father for guidance. And you know, have I been the son that you wanted me to be? I don't think I. I think I'm a different kind of son. And there's lines in there around you know, is masculinity about guns and cars, or is it the ability to live your life without living it as a lie? Um, and it's a really, I think it's just a really interesting play. It didn't stand a chance competitively. But I just think as a, as a theme of a song, really interesting for a country like Lithuania to be doing that kind of song. It's not necessarily the kind of song you would stereotypically associate with the region. No. But I think it's very interesting that the sort of, you know, the queer rights movement has come far enough to allow that kind of song in there. I think there's no, there's no hook to it, though, but it is, like, painfully honest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah... I actually forgot about that. Thanks for bringing that one up. <laughs> <laughs> and talking about a queer aesthetic, I just want to finally mention, um, there's a song called Soldier's Heart by Ruslanis Kirilinkas. And I don't actually want to mention it for this song, but I do want to mention it for because the artist had, was in the Lithuanian selection 10 years ago, 2010, the year after Alexander Rybak had won with Fairy Tale, And his song in 2010 was a song called I'm in love with a boy who's in love with a fairy tale so it kind of felt like a bit of a reference and it's a, <laughs> it was a blatantly queer song you know in that and, yeah it was you know, it? talking very very frankly about you know how he was he had a crush on this boy and this boy was his fairy tale and I think you know fair play getting something like that on a on a local stage like that yeah. Great. He's got a great, great voice as well, actually. Yeah, it's very yeah, yeah. 80s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there you have it. All six songs and a few more that we've uh, picked out just for good measure. Do you know what it's time for now? What time is it for? What time is it for? What time is it? What time is it? What are we doing? Who am I? <laughs> Get me a drink. <laughs> it's time for... Matt and Monty's Good Thing of the Week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, Matt, what is our good thing of the week that is good this <laughs> week? <laughs> well, yes, we. this is our new segment. You guys know what it is by now. It's we just want to point out great things uh, to combat some of the crappy, shitty things that we're hearing and seeing. So, this week, um, our positivity is spreading to, weirdly, Scott Mills. Tell me more. So, Scott Mills, for those international listeners who don't know who he is, he is... Uh, Radio 1, BBC Radio 1 DJ, very well known in the UK. He does a lot of the Eurovision coverage for the BBC. And he has been on his shows this week, actually, and, and or last week when you're listening to this, has been given a slot on his show, which is like Song of the Week. And it is, or I think it's actually every show does it, but you can pick a song and then every show has it and, and they you know they really push the song they talk about who the artist and that well for the first time ever they've chosen a Eurovision artist with a Eurovision song and that's Daffy Freya's uh, song this year Iceland so we're picking it out because quite frankly it's incredible that A a Eurovision song has that kind of reach that it's still in the UK top 40 um, but also that Scott Mills 
and I'm going to say it like I've got I don't really have a problem with Scott Mills I've always said he could probably do a little bit more to help us in our bid to make Eurovision cool again <laughs> to the UK viewers and hats off to the guy fair dues he's then pushing this Eurovision song on his show and about bloody time good I'm really really pleased by this it's great imagine what impact Dirty Freya could have had had he actually won bloody Eurovision. I think it would have been really incredible. I think he is a winner in the sense of his song has got the most traction outside of Eurovision, both before the con- the build-up to when the contest would have been and afterwards. I think it's really taken to heart, and I think some of that pre-publicity really helped. But I think it's great. I mean, I think this, you know, when a Eurovision song crosses over so much into the mainstream, I kind of don't know what to do with myself. It's a, <laughs> such an unusual thing. I'm kind of like, oh, how do I process it? You're sort of but, touching stuff going, I'm a real boy. Like, <laughs> I like music that other people might like. That's, really, that's, that's not a Eurovision sort of <laughs> thinking. <laughs> you touch yourself as much as you want. But that's entirely your own business. <laughs> Scott Mills. I was done a little featurette with Scott Mills mm. that was shown during the... Uh, the BBC cutaway segment in one of the semi-finals in Vienna uh, with Jody. We were talking to Scott with Scott about various moments in Eurovision history. I think I mentioned Katie Boyle wearing no knickers, or I certainly did in the in the recording. Whether it made the cut or not, I'm not sure. But I got a speaking part, and unfortunately, Jody, one of our dear members of the second jury team, all of his dialogue was cut. Oh no! Yeah, didn't get a speaking part. I'm afraid. Just equity minimum for Jody. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. That's our good thing of the week. That is good this week. The fact that Scott Mills has got Daffy Freya onto the Radio 1 Song of the Week playlist. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, Monty, we now just need to deliver the result of this episode and... What is the cherry that we're selecting for Lithuania this year? Well, the cherry is somebody that's been with us before. So that's down to two. It's either Monica Maria or it's Aishta Pilvelaita. And whilst it may not have been the most modern sounding song in the lineup, it was the most popular amongst the second cherry team. So Aishta Pilvelaita with Unbreakable is the 2020 Lithuanian second cherry. Congratulations to her. Well done. And so we're going to finish the show today with another call out. I want you guys to email us and and contact us, please, because I want to have a conversation. Have you got something to say? No. Oh. Um, so Monty stopped me then and I thought, oh, what? Um, and so um, you can contact, contact us in the usual places. For Twitter, it's at Second Cherry. Instagram, Second underscore Cherry. On Facebook, Second Cherry Podcast. Search that. And uh, if someone wants to email us, Monty... What's the address? The address is hello 
at secondcherry.vision. My turn now, more camp. Hello! <laughs> at secondcherry.vision. Now, please, I'm write. kind of wishing that we got higher at secondcherry.vision yeah. than Hey, hey, hey. Hello! <laughs> we'll just have to suffice. <laughs> Do get in touch, yes, send us your. Send us your thoughts. Oh, can I say something? A girl, a girl, a woman I used to work with, her daughter listens to our podcast. She messaged me and said, do you know my daughter absolutely bloody loves you guys and loves the podcast? Oh, wow. I was like, what? what? She's like, yeah. yeah. I was like, well, get her to email in and read it out and we'll yeah. start a dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully she'll hear this. Oh, well, yeah. hello to the daughter of the Hi, Faith. Girl. Faith. Hi, Faith. I hope you're enjoying this show. Yes. Marvellous. So that's our that's our episode for the week. Mm, um, join us next week. Are we going to tell them what country now? Uh, no, because we don't know yet. So we're not going to tell them now. <laughs> uh, but listen, have a great week, guys, and we'll catch you next week with a another country. And uh, just enjoy your week. Have fun. Take care. Be lovely and great. See you later. Bye. Bye.